Welcome to More, the podcast where Debbie will explore real-life applicable ways to get more out of your life. And here's Debbie. Hey, everybody. How is everybody doing? We are in our, I'm going to start the third week of school, but the first week was a short one for us, and things are going well. Um, Kids are amazing at school, and everybody wants to be back, it seems to me. And we are going five days a week every day with masks, and it's working out, and it's been a great um, experience. You value what you lose, you know, and teachers, most teachers of where I am, and most kids are really valuing what they didn't have. So it's been great, and we certainly appreciate being there. Um, We're going to go back to um, Sterling W. Sales Laws, and this next chapter is called The Law of Consequences. Um, I am in my, I think we're like on the 55 or 56 podcast, which is like a year and a half of doing it. And um, I just so appreciate it. I've had a lot of new listeners lately who have talked to me, and I just appreciate everybody that's listening. I can't thank you enough for um, giving this a chance and letting these things be a part of what you're thinking about and what you're doing. Today's um, chapter is called The Law of Consequences. And I think this is a really important chapter. Um, It's kind of like karma. You know, what you give out, what you give comes back to you. I think this goes kind of with the law of um, abundance. It seems like when you feel like there's more to go around, you give more, you participate more, and more just seems to come to you. Um, I don't feel rich by any stretch or any imagination, but I've certainly, especially in my with my husband and my marriage and my family, I used to be kind of stingy. Like, we don't have money to go to the movie, or we don't have money to go out to eat, or whatever, and um, I just kind of held back. And now I'm a lot more free. I'll spend and help, especially help my husband pay for things in the family. And it just seems like more comes is coming back to me. So I, I do believe in this, in this karma, in the law of consequences. And I really believe in what Sterling Sill says. He starts the chapter off and he says, The greatest sermon ever said was by Jesus, and he said, Seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness, and his righteousness, God's righteousness, and everything will be added to you. And he says that there's never been a formula for better success either in spiritual things or in material prosperity or getting the things that you want in your life, really, is by following this law that Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. And so we can talk about what is the kingdom of God, but one of the main things is do unto others as you have done unto you, as you would have done unto you, the golden rule. 
um, God's two first commandments are love God and love others. So if we get outside of ourselves, if we try to find ways to build other people, it just seems to come back to you. Um, and that's kind of what karma is. It also can be called the law of cause and effect. What you do causes, whatever you do is the cause, and it brings upon the effect of what happens. There's a modern scripture that says, there's a law decreed in heaven before the foundations of the world upon which all blessings are predicated. So it, what that part is saying is that there, every blessing that you get is based upon a law. And then the scripture goes on to say, and when we obtain any blessing from God, it's by obedience to the law upon which it's predicated. So it's basically saying any blessing that we get is upon doing or obeying the law that gave us that blessing. So when we obey God's blessings or we do the things that we're supposed to, we will be blessed. And I truly believe that that's true. Sterling Sill talks about um, an ancient way to punish crime. That in ancient time, if someone like committed murder, for example, his punishment was that he would be chained to the dead person, his the victim that he killed, and wherever he went, anywhere that he went, he must drag this dead body with him everywhere he went. He couldn't get away from the wrong that he did. And then if he were to commit a second murder later on down, he would have to carry an, a second body around with him everywhere that he went. And so then under these like circumstances, you would soon discover that it's pretty hard to be successful when you're loaded down with all these, with these dead bodies. And so it's hard to carry on with life when you're carrying this around you. So today we don't have such a severe way of punishing a punishment, but there is, you know, we do have the law of consequences, which basically says is what you do comes back to you and that you're going to be kind of, so to speak, chained to your crime for everything that you do, because everything that you do eventually becomes a part of who you are and you carry that with you all the time. Let me give you an example of how this, how this works. I had a student years and years and years ago, and for whatever reason, she came to school that day and it was in middle school. So I, it was like first hour, second hour, third hour, fourth hour. So I only had her for like 45 minutes. And um, she came to school and said she was crying. And I was just being the teacher that I am. I was just interested in helping her and concerned about her. So I said, what's the matter? And she said, well, my grandma died. And so I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad for you. And I was trying to be very loving and kind towards her. So the next day that hour went, you know, and it was middle school. So that was like third period or whatever, third hour. So the next day, third hour comes again. And I said, you know, I asked her again, well, was it your dad's mom or your mom's mom? And I'm basically trying to show an interest in what's going on in her life. Right. 
And I had short time because it was, you know, we had to start class. We only had a few minutes between classes. So this went on day after day after day for about a week. And I would, I kept asking her details about when is the funeral? Are you going to skip school for it? Do you need me to get your homework? What can I do to help? That kind of thing. I just kept asking every day. And of course she kept responding. Well, um, it happened to be that she was not doing well in school. So the requirement of my job was I, if she was getting a lower grade at the point that this happened, it was like midterm, I had to send a letter in the mail and that was required of my school. So I sent a letter in the mail and her dad called me on the phone and I said, oh gosh, I'm so sorry about your your family member that died. Was it your mom or was it your wife's mom? Because I knew it was the grandma, right? And she said, the dad said, what? Like, he didn't even know what I was talking about. So I went on to tell him the story of how his daughter had been, you know, how we'd been conversing all week and when the funeral was and everything. And the dad kind of got a big chuckle. I mean, he was like, are you kidding me? Like, we've had nobody die. And so we had a little talk about it. And anyway, I think that was a weekend. And so when the daughter came back on Monday, oh, talk about um, awkward moments between her and I. It was way awkward. I was like, uh, what's going on, you know? And um, come to find out, she had had an argument with her friends and was crying about it. And I guess she didn't want to tell me which it just would have been so much better to say, hey, um, I'm having friend issues or I don't really want to talk about it or whatever. But what she did was make up this lie about her grandma dying and it, and it just turned into big, a big snowball effect. So in this sense, she was chained to this, this thing that she did wrong and it was very embarrassing when it came back that um, it was something so small and not important. I mean, you know, but I guess she didn't expect me to be so interested in caring about her situation. But this is kind of what happens. So whatever we do, it kind of comes back to us. And so I think it's important to think about the actions that we take and recognize that we have to have, there will be consequences to our actions, whether they're good or bad, there will be a consequence. Something will happen. The law of consequences, there's going to be good or bad as, uh, you know, after what you've done, whatever you've done, something is going to happen as a result of it. Sterling's double, Sterling W. Sale talks about someone who's an alcoholic, you know, and you drink a little bit, and, you know, maybe there's not very many consequences, so you do it again. And you continue to drink. Well, pretty soon, you've lost your freedom of choice, and you become an alcoholic, and you're chained to that. And, you know, we kind of do that in small things in our lives. Um, we treat someone poorly. We treat our parents poorly. Let's say we have a bad attitude because we're in that those teenage years of 13 to 20 and and we we maybe don't treat our parents you know the way that we should and so we're grumpy and we're mean and then it just kind of becomes a habit to be that way 
and carry on that kind of relationship. I was talking to someone yesterday who was divorced from his wife and his son doesn't, he won't, his, the son won't talk to the dad. And the dad has no understanding as to why at all, nothing. And I mean, it just reminded me of that. Like we carry this with us, even though we don't want to, we carry these things with us. And so the best thing to do is free ourselves in the moment and, um, you know, approach somebody about what's happening. I had a student the other day come to me and it was hard for this student to come to me and say, hey, this is a hard thing for me. And the, there were two issues. This is, these two things are really hard for me. And she was almost in tears, but I admired her so much because that was hard. But, you know, when you're talking about the law of conse consequences, you have to pick your hard. There's going to be hard. There's going to be hard either way. It's either going to be hard that you, for example, get your homework done or you're on time to your job. Maybe it's hard for you to be on time all the time, but, you know, to your work or to be on time to school or whatever, get your homework done on time or whatever it is that you have to do. But the consequence is also hard. So in an, in an essence here, you're picking your hard. What is the hard thing for you to do? There's going to be hard both ways. So actually, it's better to pick the hard thing and do the thing right the first time. Maybe talk to someone when um, you know you've had a conflict. I know uh, the other day something happened at home and I, it was a conflict and I was scared to say something to my husband about it. But, uh, you know, I'm working up the guts to say it and I finally said it and it was the right thing to do and it made everything so much easier. Instead, what I do is when I'm mad in the moment, I say something in the moment when I'm super angry and then it just, you know, propels itself into this big argument. So the best thing to do is to communicate, talk, do the things that you know are right. Because even if it's hard to talk to someone when you've had a confrontation with them, it's also hard to have the silent treatment or not talk or let that relationship deteriorate to, you know, sometimes when you don't even feel like you have a relationship. This is very common in marriage. And so you kind of have to pick your heart, but there are always going to be consequences. So Sterling Sills says in this chapter that those striving for success should realize that we are not only punished for our sins, but we are also punished by our sins and that we're not punished once, but many times. Um, sometimes we're required to pay for that sin over and over and over again. So for example, the girl with her grandma dying, every single time I said something new to her about it, that that small, tiny, little insignificant sin kept growing and she had to keep paying for it over and over and over. Um, and sometimes the punishment like outweighs the proportion of any satisfaction that you get from the sin. Um, he talks about a soldier who might be betray his trust for an hour, but then spend a lifetime in disgrace and humiliation as a consequence. Some of the things that we do live with us forever. And I think that's kind of what he's saying. 
I know when I was in middle junior high, when I was in school, it was called junior high. Now it's kind of called middle school around here where I live, but I was whatever, 12 or 13. And this teacher and no, people didn't really like him. He was heavy, kind of stunk. He had bad odor and, um, we didn't call him a very good name. You know, I, I, I hope, I hope that I never call that to his face. I should never have called it hit this poor name. I don't even want to say his name, but I'm sure he's passed away now, but it was just kind of mean, but he, he called and he confronted me and said I was cheating. Of course I didn't like him. And you know, he was this, this teacher, right. That we didn't like. And so of course I didn't accept cons responsibility for that. And now it's been so long that I don't even really know if I just denied that I was cheating and when I really was, or if, you know, if I really did cheat, if I was just making excuses because he's not a good teacher or whatever, and I was justifying myself, or if I really did cheat, but nonetheless, what it's been 40 years and I'm still, it's still in my mind. It still kind of haunts me that I need to just let it go. I've talked about that so many times, let it go. And I really have let it go. But it does stay with you. Some of these things stay with you for a long time. Um, Seal talks about this man who went to jail for 34 years for repeated robberies. And the most money he'd ever gotten from all of the robberies put together was $60 and 12, 12 cents. But the habit had like taken over his life and... So he carried, you know, he had to carry that with him. I know um, when we do things that we know aren't right, then it, the worst thing that can happen is we can get away with it. And then when we get away with it, we do it again. And then we do it again and again and again. And so consequences are some of the greatest blessings that we have in life. If you get caught doing something wrong, be grateful because that's what helps you. That's why it's so important to have good parents. Um, I have a couple stories about my daughter. And I can't remember if this happened to the same daughter or two different daughters. But this, these two situations happened. My one daughter, I know it was the older daughter for sure. Her and her friends were at the neighbors. And they were in her, the neighbor boy was the house of the boy, they were throwing this ball over the shed of the neighbor's house, right? And it was so fun to see how far they could get it and if it could get it to clear the shed all the way over the shed. And the boy that lived there, that it, the parents owned the shed, he was doing it also. They were all doing it. It was so much fun. They were having so much fun. Well, they did it and did it, did it. And of course, they didn't clear the shed all the time. And eventually, it um, ruined the roof of the shed. And you know, I remember, you know, my daughter had to save and pay for that shed. And I think another time, I think it was the same daughter, the same neighbor, it was for sure the same neighbor and the neighbor had just put cement, um, like, oh, bolt, um, borders around his like flower beds and they'd just been laid and they weren't hardened yet. And my daughter didn't know it. And of course, you know how kids are. We all just, even adults, sometimes we like to walk on the edge of the thing. And she walked and, of course, crushed the cement. Well, I do remember that with one of those incident, incidences, she had like $35. Well, she was only 10. And this was like 20 years ago. 
$35 was a lot of money to her. And we were going to get ready to go to Disneyland. Well, she had to take the $35 to pay for one of these um, things that happened. I don't remember which one went with what, but she had, she had consequences. And, you know, kids say, but I didn't mean to. Of course we didn't mean to. We don't mean to do some of the things that we do, but there's still consequences with what we do. Um, and as you get older, it gets much scarier. You know, if we drive too fast or we're looking down at our phone when we're driving and we didn't see something that popped out or we hit someone or the car in front of us stopped quickly, well, we don't mean to. Um, my son, I think he, he said he looked down to the radio for a minute and the car in front of him stopped and he ran into him. And my son had to pay for um, the bumper of that car and it was a lot, $1,000 or something. He's only He was barely 16. So it was a hard lesson to learn, but what a great thing to learn because I'd rather learn that and pay for a, a little tiny bumper for a thousand dollars then kill someone you know so consequences are the natural consequences that happen are really the good things that help refine our characters and help us to become better people so um sterling seal says that we suffer for our minor sins as well as our great ones so basically he's saying there are consequences for the small things as well as the large things and sometimes the consequences for the small things, because there are so many small things and very few large things. But in the Bible, it says, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. So basically saying that when we don't speak up, we don't say the things that we should, or we don't, you know, there's sins of committing a sin and sins of um, not committing, not doing it. So sometimes kids will say, I didn't lie, you know, I didn't say uh, an actual lie, but you deceived someone by not telling them. So for example, um, if your parents tell you to clean your room and you shove everything in the closet and shut the door, well, that wasn't their interpretation of cleaning the room, right? And then when your parents say, did you clean your room? You say, yeah, you know, but it's deception nonetheless. And so even though you told the truth, the room is cleaner, but there's still a mode of deception in there. So that's kind of what they're speaking about with every idle word that men shall speak, I think. I mean, that's one interpretation, that the small acts that we do, the small things that we think, the small things that we fail to do, um, become a part of who we are. And when we do that thing over and over and over again, um, it becomes who we are. And so it creates the person that we are. Now, it's never too late to change. Never. So we can change. I mean, I'm changing constantly. And I see myself getting a little better in some things. And I still have a long ways to go. But um, I, do, I do know that it's never too late to, to change. And that we can always keep working on reforming refining our character and becoming better people. So Seal says that the law of punishment known to the ancients is still at work where you carry around, even though we're not carrying a physical dead body, but he says someone who lies becomes a liar. 
If you continue to lie, you become a liar. He says the student who doesn't study, then they don't learn the material. They don't pass the test. They, the next section becomes harder for them and then they carry that on. So we, then we get buried in the things that we're not doing and it becomes harder and harder and harder to overcome. So again, pick your hard. What thing, what's your hard? Yeah, okay, it's hard to do your homework, but it's harder to get behind and then be behind on the next thing and then the next thing. And I often get students from, you know, from previous years that they've allowed themselves to become behind. And then it's this big battle, this big hardship to get over, you know, having not done well the year previous. So Seal ends this chapter with some really good advice, I think, for everybody, all of us. He says, a roadside advertisement of an oil company displayed the slogan, a clean engine produces power. That's logical. So does a clean mind and a pure heart. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. That is where many of the good things are within us. Jesus said to people, fear not, have faith, be of good cheer, be just. He wants men to get the noble qualities of courage, faith, cheerfulness, and justice inside themselves. We ought to be continually aware of the great law of consequences that says that no wrong ever goes unpunished. And for every evil thing that we do, as well as for every righteous thing that we do, there must be a natural and appropriate consequence. So recognize that the good that you do, when you do good for other people, the good comes back to you. The wrong things that you do, it can, it can come back to you. And sometimes it doesn't come immediately, but it does come. And so when we're living a life trying to do our best, trying to be the best and have more, more courage, more faith, more kindness, more cheerfulness, then our life is going to be more powerful and more productive. And we are going to be building our life by design. So I think this is a great podcast, great food for thought, and I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you're finding yourself in good measure and very happy. Everybody have a great week. Thank you for sharing the podcast. I hope you'll continue to share it. And we will see you next time.